to die He might give eternal life that I might live then rose again Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. For Jesus saved my soul that night. Well, tonight I want to talk to you about something that affects all of our lives, whether we want it to or not, it will. And that is this idea about raising children. Anybody ever seen a child before? Seen a child? Anybody here ever been one? Whenever you look back upon your life, no, I know that today we look back and it's a shame, this younger generation. But are they really doing things that much different than what you did when you were a teenager? How were you when you were a teenager? When you was a kid, was you a, an obedient little darling? Were you a, you know, disobedient child? Were you the black sheep of your family? I mean, were you the one that um, always in trouble? Has anybody ever told you, why can't you be more like your brother? Why can't you be more like your sister? Why can't you be more like Jesus? Can you imagine Mary telling the kids there in the family. Why can't you be more like your big brother? I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Ephesians in chapter 5. Well, we're going to be going to different places, but I want to give you some thoughts that I think will help you. Because outside the hurt that can come from a spouse, you know, whether the, the wife hurts the husband or the husband hurts the wife, that is a great deep hurt. But nothing hurts or disappoints, or brings such hopelessness and anxiety and anger and agony as having to deal with a rebellious child. And if you've had one, you'll know what I'm talking about. Maybe it wasn't yours, but somebody else's. And you've seen, sometimes it's so easy to prejudge, judging too quickly. Because you know, just like everybody, we can put on a show. We can be one way with some people and another way with other people. True? That husband you're married to. At home, he may be a rat fink. Yet he gets around other people. He's the sweetest, nicest guy. And they see him totally different. But whenever you around him, he treats you mean and ugly and unkind, says mean, hateful things and all that. And sometimes it's the wife doing that to the husband. But when they're around other Christians, oh, they're so sweet and so holy. They got to smile. They wouldn't hurt a flea. Oh, so-and-so, I know her. She is so wonderful. And well, there you go. And then whenever we were young, when we were teenagers, we didn't always let people see our bad side. 
Because, you see, that's where, you know, the girl and the boy, uh, they, what we call, con each other. And they convince each other that they're the perfect one for them. You've been looking for me all your life. And then you say those magical words, I do, I do. Well, I didn't know you were like that. Because, see, she conned you and you conned her. And then after a while, you can't live with them. You can't live without them. And you go crazy. Well, in the book of Ephesians, there's a, a few verses that the Lord gives us. And it's really about the husband and the wife being filled with the Spirit. See there in verse 18. Verse 18. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Not spirits. Filled with the Spirit. It means the Holy Spirit controlling you. God wants all of His children to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And then He goes down to talking about what you listen to. Talking about the music in verse 19. Because a lot about what you want to do with your life and how you think, how you feel, who you love is revealed in the music that you listen to. Because music should be to the Lord, for the Lord, about the Lord, that's honoring to the Lord. And sometimes you've got to understand this. Now, just for example, let's say we have, there's a spiritual world. And then we have the natural world, the, the world in which we live. There's a spiritual world from our spiritual birth and the fleshly world of our flesh birth. And so if we want to be strong in the spirit, you don't feed the flesh. And if you're going to be strong in the flesh, you don't feed the spirit. So it depends upon which way you want to go. You want to take and love the Lord, then you want the music that will help you in that direction because it causes you how to think. If you feed your mind upon the music of the flesh, then it will lead you into the love of the world. So you just always understand that. So that's one of the biggest discernments that you can have because music does affect the mind. It affects how you think and feel. So when you come to church, we don't try to play certain songs that makes you think about the world because we want you to love the Lord, and we want to get you to think about the Lord. So there's a reason for that. But we believe it is a biblical position. So that's why he says there, making melody in verse 19, melody in your hearts to who? To the Lord. This is if the Holy Spirit is controlling you. When the Holy Spirit doesn't control you, just do whatever you want, like whatever you want, because it won't matter as far as your salvation but it can affect your testimony, your happiness, your joy, your peace of mind. Because when you rebel against the Lord, it's going to take its toll upon you. But in your mind, it doesn't matter. But yet, all things do. Then he says down here in verse 22, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as unto who? In other words, every wife in here should pretend, pretend, because you'll have to do a lot of pretending, that your husband is the Lord. Pretend your husband is the Lord. What? You don't know what I'm married to. <laughs> don't tell me. But as unto the Lord, as though you are married to the Lord. And uh, husbands, pretend like that woman of yours, that's the Lord. And you've got to treat it with all the love and honor and respect. It can change the way you see each other. Because really, in reality, we are the children of the Lord. 
And if I was you, I would not mistreat another child of God. Over and over again, you see where it says, love one another. I had a woman tell me, so you can't show me where it says, you know, I got to love my husband. I'm to submit, but I'm not supposed to love him. They're supposed to love us. Well, if he is another, love one another, that'll work for a while. Now, down in verse 25, husbands do what? Love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. Not husband, love your wives. It's plural. A husband is supposed to have one. And then if you let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you, then you can obey what the Lord says. Now, you would think that a a man who loves the Lord and a wife who loves the Lord, when they come together and the Bible says, and two shall become one flesh, you're going to have a child somewhere down the road. So you may have a child. You may have two children. You may have three children. You may have no children. But it is a natural byproduct of different expressions of our love for each other. Now look in verse 1 of chapter 6. Here is the, the fruit that God says, be fruitful and multiply. And he says, he that findeth a woman findeth a good thing. It means that she's lost without a man. <laughs> no, I just, I just threw that in there. That's not in there. But anyway, verse 1, children obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So children are to be taught certain things on obeying the Lord. And the way to obey the Lord is to obey your parents. Because God has put the parents in that position of leadership. It's their role. So the husband is to be the right kind of a father. And the mother is to be the right kind. So that they all work together and raise these little darlings. Now there is a promise that's mentioned here. That goes back to the law in the Old Testament. That it may be well with you. And that your days may be long upon the earth. Because in Israel, the parents could have you stoned to death for disobedience. We're not under the law. Aren't you glad? There wouldn't be any children to raise. We'd have killed them all. But the Bible talks about a promise. Now, does that mean that every child that dies early, it must have been that they weren't raised right? It can't mean that. It means as a general principle in the Word of God, that if you teach the children the Word of God and bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that if they, because none of this can override the will of the individual... God doesn't override our will, and we cannot override the will of the child because they have a will of their own. Now, we might make them suffer consequences of their disobedience. It might bless them if they make good, wise decisions, and we're happy, they're happy, everybody's happy. But when they don't do right, nobody's happy. So there's consequences. It doesn't mean that if you obey your parents, you're going to make it to 90 as a guarantee. No, but it does say this in verse 2. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. There's promises in the word of God. In other words, it's not a guarantee you will live long, but it's a general rule and a principle that you will not die early at their hands, or because you, um, you stole something, or you murdered somebody, And you committed sins that could take your life. So there are 
things that if you'll do right, you can have a good, happy, longer life. Lord willing, if there's nothing else that goes wrong. It doesn't mean that nobody else can ever take your life. You're guaranteed you're going to live to a ripe old age. It would be great if it was. But it's a general principle, general rule. Now, look in verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. In other words, it's so easy to misunderstand children. It is so easy to question children. It's so easy to prejudge what they did and why they did what they did. Because sometimes children don't always know how to express themselves in the right way. And sometimes with some parents, it doesn't matter how they say it or do it, they're wrong. So some children never want to talk to their mother or father because they know that you're already against them. You're not going to give them a hearing, a fair hearing. They have an uncanny sense of fairness. And if we treat them right, they have a better opportunity of sharing things with us. Now, there's been times when there's been a problem between me and the children. They always seem to come back mainly through Betty because Betty is so patient, so kind. She listens. Me, I'm a more hard nose. I'm too right, wrong, right, wrong, boom. And I've had to learn to be a little bit more patient. And I'll always tell Betty, you go talk to him. Because it's good if one is too hard that the other one is kinder and more gentler. And God has put us together like that. So whatever you're lacking, the other one is supposed to have. And you, you can be a blessing to each other. It'd be great if one person had it all. But the Bible says when he brought along Eve, she was a help me. It means she helped meet the needs. Whatever he's lacking, she supplies. And that's what a, a good wife is, a, a helper, a completer. She completes the man. That he's not quite what he ought to be in every area without that woman being a blessing to him and such a help. So this is why this is so important. But notice what he says in verse 5. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture. That means discipline with the word and admonition of the Lord. Teaching them what the word of God has to say. Now, take your Bible and go to the book of Genesis in chapter 4. All the way back to the, the first parents that had children. Now, if you've had children, you'll say, man, I wish I knew a little bit of this year uh, a, a few years ago. And maybe now it's not the children, it's the grandchildren or great-grandchildren. So here in the book of Genesis in chapter 4, look there in verse 1. Adam knew Eve, his wife. When it says knew her, he's like, hello, my name is Adam. What is your name? No. It means that they uh, had expressions of love. And she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. She again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. In the process of time he came to pass, Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Abel, he also brought of the first and of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. Now, here's the first mama and daddy. 
and they had two children. And they both turned out right. Well, it must have been the TV they were watching. Well, maybe it was the drug problem they had. Maybe it was the environment. They was in the best environment. It couldn't have been because they had bad neighbors. So what was their problem? What was their problem? Could it have been, well, it was mommy and daddy's fault. Well, they never had children before. Maybe they didn't know how to raise them right. But you had one that wanted to do right and one that wanted to do wrong. One obedient and one disobedient. So how do you explain that? Well, did God stop the child that was rebellious from killing the one that was innocent and doing right? What about that promise that if you'll honor your mother and father, your days will be long upon the earth? Not for him. But it is a general principle that generally if everybody does right, you can live longer. But it doesn't stop somebody else's will from doing things that are wrong and wicked. You may do all the right you know to do and suffer some severe consequences for doing so. God does not stop wicked people from doing you evil. You suffer the consequences. You can be defrauded. God does not always stop all the evil that people do to you. You may have to suffer the consequences. Suffer. Now, if this can happen to him, what about some of these others in the Bible that we hear so much about, and yet they raised problem kids? What about these um, parents, Isaac and Rebecca? Did they have any kid problems? What were the names of their two kids? Jacob and Esau. They got along wonderful. But yet they were talking about these are good people. Godly people. And they, what did they do? Raise a bunch of brats? You see, you can do right. Doesn't mean that everybody else does right. Sometimes you don't know all the ways of how to deal with all the problems that you have. We've never done this before. I mean, we, we never had kids before we had these kids. We didn't learn all the answers before we find out what the problems were. And in most cases, the time you figure out the answers to the problem, they, they change the problem. And it's always changing. And so sometimes you can get very frustrated. And you might think you've got the world by the tail. And you have got your spirituality on top of the mountain. And you got it made. And you know you're living a good, godly life. And lo and behold, you have kids. And they will teach you what you don't know. You may think you have got it all resolved. And they'll tell you and they'll show you there's something you can't control. And some things you can't make them do. And it can break your heart. But don't judge too quickly. Be patient with children who are now where you once were. Because you didn't probably always do right. Well, except being in our church, you did. But anyway. The other thing was, um, what about um, Jacob and Rachel? They had kid problems. And you have David, King David, man after God's own heart. Did he have any children problems? Boy, did he ever suffer some consequences. So sometimes this happens. Now take your Bible and turn to 127th Psalm. The 127th Psalm. I remember one time I was at Northside and somebody had to stand up and quote a, a psalm and Betty stood up and she quoted the whole psalm. I think it was a hundred psalm, but I'm not even sure about that anymore. 
I didn't even know there were Psalms. And I sort of saw the words. I thought it was Book of Palms. I didn't know it's Psalms. Book of Job. But here in the Psalms 127, look what he says, beginning at verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Now, we know this is true concerning a church. It's also true concerning a nation. But it's also true concerning a, a family, a home, your marriage, where the man and the woman are supposed to obey the Lord. And if you obey the Lord, and both are in the hands of God, that it should bring unity. Uh, but it doesn't always pan out that way. You see, there is something that happened in those first children that were born. They were born with a, what was it? Sinful nature. A sinful nature. With a will of their own. A mind of their own. And the Bible says in many places, and every man did that which was right in their own eyes. And sometimes that happens with a wife. She may want to do what she thinks is right in her own eyes. And the man want to do what he thinks because he wants to do what he thinks is right in his own eyes. Do they always agree? No. Wouldn't it be neat if both listened to the Lord, they would be on the same page. But sometimes we don't care what God has to say. We still have a mind of our own. And we can create havoc at the drop of a hat just so quickly. Now look what else he says. He says, except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to set up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. We are to make sure that we see children as an heritage. In other words, this is something that we should be very thankful for and proud of. And it's a reward for doing what is right. Man and a woman, loving each other, having children, and replenish the earth. You see, if nobody got married and nobody had children, we'd be the last generation. There wouldn't be anybody else. Isn't it amazing how that God has created something in the desire of everything to reproduce itself? Whether it's with birds of the air or the lily of the valley. Everything reproduces after its own kind. When you read the book of Genesis, and it says that after its own kind, after its own kind, after its own kind. Because to reproduce, there's a seed. And that seed carries with it the ability to reproduce whatever it is. So he says here in verse 4, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. It's supposed to be that way. It doesn't mean it always is. If everything is right and everybody is right, happy is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now, it doesn't name how many arrows to have, but children are like arrows. And once they're in flight, you can't bring them back. And the Bible talks about troubles that shoots up like arrows. And we can have a lot of troubles, a lot of problems. Remember, children are leaving mom and dad. And they're going to adulthood. And they got to walk on this swinging bridge. And they've never been there before. And they get halfway, and as a teenager, they don't have all of it worked out yet. They can't go back. 
they're not sure they want to go forward. They don't like what they see with the adults. And they don't know how to get out of this mess. And nothing is secure to them. They have no answers. They have problems. They have worries. They've got fears, anxieties. Somebody asked a teenager back during the Vietnam War. I says, what would you like to be in about 10 years? He says, alive. Alive. Just to be alive. Some people were scared they don't want to go to war. They don't want to die. They weren't willing to fight a war that they didn't believe that we were fighting it to win. Most of it's all political. How many thousands of people die? Look at the next thing. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. So God has promised certain things. Now, there's another verse that I think you ought to see there in the book of Proverbs 22. The book of Proverbs in chapter 22. This verse also has caused a lot of problems with adults who know the Lord, love the Lord, and are trying their best to raise their children. And then we try to help the kids raise the grandkids and so on. Here in Proverbs in chapter 22... Look what he has here down in verse 5. Thorns and snares are in the way of the forward. He that doeth keep his soul shall be far from them. So there's things in this world. There's briars, there's thorns, there's snares, there's problems, there's traps, there's trials, there's tribulation. All these things are waiting for all these kids that are growing up. And they don't know how to fight these battles. It's just like adults. Sometimes we're facing problems we've never had to face before. There's a song that me and Betty sung years ago. Dr. Curtis Hudson, he heard that song. And he says, I want that song sung at my funeral. And they sung it at his funeral. It was called New Grace. Grace I've never had before. Grace I've never needed before. But when it's my time to die, God will give us grace to face that moment. Because You see, God has given me grace to do this and this and this and this and this and this. But I've never had to face death. But believing that God is the God of grace and you can go to the throne of grace and that someday God's going to give me new grace to face that moment. And you're to believe that I've never been married before. Well, can you trust the Lord to give you the grace to be the kind of a husband or wife you're supposed to be? Can you trust the Lord that if God was to bless you with the child... He's going to give you the strength and the grace that you need on how to raise that child. If you'll seek him, if you'll ask, and he will be able to give you the wisdom that you need. And some of you, you'll learn as you go. And you'll learn that you'll make some mistakes and you'll fall and you'll stumble. Remember, these kids that we raise and our grandkids, they've never been here before. We don't have all the answers. And they have an uncanny sense of fairness When they know that you're not treating them right. And the thing is, is do we love our children? Do you love them? You see, if you love them, you can forgive them. If you don't love them, you won't forgive them. Because forgiveness really takes love. And kids, sometimes we judge too quickly. Have you ever seen kids that there'll be stages in their life when they are, I mean, chaotic? rebellious. 
They can even turn on you and curse you out. I hate you and I hate my life and blah, blah, blah. And they do whatever they want to do. Only to wait long enough. And if you're patient, you may see them come back down the road. And you'll be surprised. They can come back more sweet, more loving than you ever thought. Give them time. Let them heal. Dr. Arnold has many items to help you in your walk with the Lord, including videos, books, tracks, outlines to hundreds of sermons, over 4,000 radio messages, and preaching schedule. Once again, feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. That's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace.